Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hi guys, quick one before we get into the episode. This episode is sponsored by Zencaster, which is the production suite that I've used from the very beginning of this podcast. And if you're interested in starting your own podcast, hang around at the end of the episode for our 30% discount referral code. Thanks. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. So are these your notes? These. <laughs> these are your notes about what we're going to say. Uh, anything. Nailed it's it. a short answer. <laughs> so how many novels did you not finish? Oh my from? God, so many. <laughs> it was perfect. What are you talking about? This is nonsense. Ooh, a spicy question. I love it. <laughs> this is it, guys. The big secret to getting published is you have to write a good book. Yeah. <laughs> you it here first. We're going to Hello, and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. I'm Jamie, and joining me today is a veteran of the publishing industry with decades of experience working at some of the biggest publishers in the world, and now co-founder and CEO of White Fox. Please welcome to the show, John Bond. Hi. Hello, Jamie. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good, fine, thank you. It's always nice to be referred to as a veteran. Well, yes. Uh, just as long as we don't discuss exactly how many years it is, right? We don't want to make you feel too old. <laughs> no, no. Let's, um, let's start off with, uh, with White Fox itself. Could you give me and everyone listening a sort of overview of what it is that, that you guys um, do over there? Yeah, so White Fox, um, which, is, which is 10 years old this year. In fact, just this last month, April, was, we celebrated our 10th anniversary. So White Fox was set up in a way... Um, to, to provide access to the very best, highest quality professional publishing services that, that anybody could want, whether you're an indiv- individual writer, you're a traditional publisher, you're uh, a business or a brand or anybody that wants to make a book. We help you do that with the use of the very best curated network of freelancers, but also our own experience and expertise and and because uh, largely we are made up of refugees from traditional publishing houses as you as you said with many decades of experience so we're trying to help people have access to that that wouldn't otherwise uh, be able to get that or know how to get it right okay so you work with i mean you, you've just said so, so it's it's self-publishers as well as people going through traditional publishing and you also do um you do something with ghostwriting as well yeah so so w- w- what what we do is is bring people together so right. our our mission is to sort of oversee projects um whether they are an individual wanting to take something to market whether you're a business or a brand who wants to create something that is the opposite of ephemera something which will stick around and last for a long time which is something we associate with the values of a book and we're trying to help people who know nothing about that um hold their hands through the whole thing and that could start with something that needs to be ghostwritten and created from scratch or it could start with something that already exists as an unedited unedited, undesigned manuscript and then try and 
help you know people turn that into whatever it is their end objective is whether that's something they want to publish privately whether it's something they want to make available and sell through the traditional channels that all books are sold and bought via uh, whether they want to do that internationally and not just through the uk so uh, it, it's really we don't have a publishing schedule traditional publishers have a publishing schedule which sort of into which they fit books that they acquire and commission and we don't where everything we're doing is driven by the people or the individuals or the or the companies that come to us and say this is what we want and our schedule is in a sense their schedule then in terms of what the drivers and objectives are okay so would you say that your clients would you say it's a sort of roughly 50 50 split between self-publishing and traditional publishing the people that you're working with well, we started off, it was pretty much 90% traditional publishing because okay. those were our contacts. And yeah. really what we knew how to do was to help manage the diaspora of freelancers and act as a kind of agency for people who wanted to either create a pipeline of, 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 of books or launch a new series or, um, or, or wanted us to help them project manage a complicated color illustrated book or series of books. So... It started off, I would say, much more skewed towards our contacts within, because we come out of traditional publishing. Our contacts were, you know, writers, agents, publishers. And, uh, you know, that's how we ended up doing our initial our initial work. I'd say it's definitely over 10 years, you know, the, 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 the market for people wanting to do things themselves, be driven by their own creative impulses, you know, wanting to do things more quickly often than traditional publishers can do, but where they want to have control over that has grown enormously and matured as a, as a market. So I'd say it's probably now 70% of what we're doing is with individuals and businesses and brands that want to do their own thing rather than traditional publishers. And that's not because we don't want to work with traditional publishers. We love, we love doing that. Yeah. But I think, you know, that's where the, the market has kind of evolved as, as we've grown up. Yeah. So having, having been in the industry for a long time and, and working um, quite specifically in traditional publishing, yeah, watching it sort of change and evolve, do you, do you think that self-publishing is now sort of more accessible than it's ever been? I, I definitely. I mean, yeah, look, there are loads more uh, vendors of services, whether they be, you know, marketplace platforms where you can find somebody an individual to work with or or people people like us who who represent a full service kind of agency model where you're buying in a sense our experience and our consultancy and advice as well as access to to very well vetted and and curated databases of freelancers so i think that's 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 grown up and i think you know the evolution of 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 uh, and the ubiquity of Amazon, and uh, you know the, the the migration of sales to be primarily now online. Most people are buying books online. Um, that's all. Ha- that, that's all happened over the last last ten years, and also the market has become much more regulated. So there are you know sharing our tenth birthday this year is the Alliance of Independent Authors, who are a not for profit organisation that are making sure that people who do want to independently publish 
are protected and have a lot of information about how to do that and to beware of pitfalls that they might have and you know great repositories of information on on how to and, and where to go and and you know how to do it properly so i think that's all changed and it's become much more mainstream to do that you know one of the things i always like to do is if you look at the overall top selling books at any one hour on amazon.co.uk or .com and you look at the top 100 you'll see lots of familiar sites and lots of famous books and books that are you know whether it's the highway code or david walliams or whatever it is lots of things that that are that you recognize that are selling and why they're selling and then you'll see books that you uh, don't know the imprint that 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 is being published under the name of that. It's not a penguin or a Faber or a Random House or whatever. It's something, something other. And it could be that that is a new imprint from within a traditional publishing house that they have launched recently. It could be it's somebody doing their own thing, but who've managed to get some PR and marketing and some cut through in amongst all the noise. And and they're there. It's another book to buy in exactly the same way. And the book will have been edited and it will have been proofread and designed and the cover designed and made available through the channel, same channels as everybody else. So I think that's that's definitely something we now take for granted a lot more. Yeah, I, I guess it's it, you're right in saying it's, it's the access to professionals. It's that you you individually can find a freelance editor online. You can find someone to do the cover. You can find someone to do the proofs, all, all this, that, the other. Whereas previously... I think it was a bit more sort of closed off. I think so. It used to be that there were traditional gatekeepers to to have access. You know, the 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 the, the kind of the chain of command was: I am a writer. I need an agent to find mm. a publisher. If there's a relay race within the publishing house. The book comes out the other end. It needs a retailer. It you know, and 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 that chain has been broken in a way so that the access that the writer has to the reader has become much more immediate. Yes. And then around that ecosystem, a lot of people coalescing who, you know, want to be part of that process in a helpful, commercially relevant way to those people. So that's how we've we've sort of evolved our offering and our, our proposition um, along those lines. Because what we found was that nobody wants a half-decent cover or an okay copy edit or proofread. They want the best that they can get access to and if they can't get that through a traditionally published um, route it needs some expertise we think and start to say okay well look i think this person would be the right person for you to connect with they will get your book they will understand you know what your what your objectives are and your aims are and you can start creating teams of people which is what makes you know what makes self-publishing such a sub you know misnomer because it's you know, you can obviously do it yourself, but the reality is the most successful um, people are part of a, a, you know, organizing around them for their book, part of a team who can help find readers for their book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, they have essentially constructed what would be the team that a traditional publisher would put around them. They've just constructed that on their own with freelancers or, or, or what have you. I think so. I think, you know, there are there are writers who are incredibly comfortable marketing themselves and uh, sharing every single piece of information about the process of writing, 
know, mm. and, and, and on publication and post-publication. And then there are writers that are very private and hate that and who want to, you know, want, want other people to help them do all of those things and advise them and hold their hand throughout all the kind of quite complicated processes of how you take a book, you know, take a raw manuscript and take it to market. And yeah. so I think that's, there are people who have been incredibly successfully publishing, have their trusted team around them, their, their editors, mm-hmm. their designers, their marketers and their publicists and whatever. And then there are people that just don't even know where to begin to do that. And yeah, how are they going to find the right people at the right time and, and get advice on, on what that schedule should look like so that they know what they should be doing at each stage in the process. So that's, that's where that, that definitely sort of is where people like us come in, in terms of, of giving that sort of advice. Yeah. Well, that's great because I mean, it's a position that I think most writers have been in where they've sort of written something or thought about writing something and then said, okay, but what's the next step? How do I, how do Mm. I, you know, go from having the words on the page to having this, you know, printed as a book or on in an e-shop or something like that. And it's, it is an unusual and um, complicated industry, but let's um, imagine for a second that I wanted to self-publish and I came to you. What it, and I, and I know it'll be a sort of bespoke process based on, you know, what the client wants needs, but what, in terms of broad strokes, are the steps that we would go through if I came to you and said, I've written a book, I'd like to self-publish it, please help me. So, so we are maybe different to, to others. We're not, we, we would rather do more with less. So we, mm-hmm. uh, uh Largely, people come to us via recommendation referral, which is which is which is wonderful. Um, it, it is incredibly broad ranging because it could be adult children's fiction, nonfiction. It could be I want to produce a very complicated, large color illustrated cookbook, or I want to produce a very short black and white novella. So, and yeah. and obviously, some of those things require different um, conversations from the from the get go. But usually, we are trying to find as much information out as possible at the beginning of the whole process to find what the aspirations are. What, what is the state of the text? Is this something which has just been written and has never been looked at by anybody else? Is it something that requires not just copy editing, but structural editing in terms of how much collaboration and, and of a process does the writer want with somebody who may be working with them for months on their manuscript to make sure that it is as good as it can possibly be. Mm. But our, our aim with everybody is to sort of say, what does, you know, how, how can we deliver what is feasible, realistic, practically the best solution for this book? What does the timeline look like that gives you the most opportunity in terms of selling and marketing and publicizing the book? Um, how can we make sure that not just that we have allocated the right the right person, but that that we have found the right team of freelancers and scheduled in their time, so that we've we've we can guarantee that they will be available to work on on the book. And then it's we would put a proposal together. We would say, look, here's a timeline, and here are the processes. We try and be really transparent about everything. We like this idea of you know what they call unbundling 
the processes. So publishing isn't just this one generic magical thing called publishing, yeah. where a book goes in, a manuscript goes in one end and out pops a book. <laughs> we try and lay out all the processes in as much detail as people want to say, look, here are the things that will need to happen for this book to be as successful as it can be. Um, we'll create the team. We'll tell you what that looks like from a timing point of view. Um, we'll we'll try and scope out what the, what that looks like in terms of uh, you know a return on your in, in initial investment on that, so that you will need to see if you're doing it yourself what you need, what you know how many copies you need to sell to justify that kind of investment. And yeah. we try and be really really trans. You know our our we see our role to be really clear and. Um, you know, transparent and, and, and open and collaborative, which all sounds, I know that sounds a bit weird just in because why would you not be like that? But I think, you know, we don't, we, we, we also try to be really, really realistic with people about, you know, what, what their aspirations should be for something, because there's a difference between, uh, you know, I run a business, I am a thought leader in a space, I have I don't know, 20,000 followers on LinkedIn. I have um, a very healthy engagement with my regular newsletters that I'm emailing to people. And I think I can sell X numbers of books to those people because, you know, I, 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 I already am I'm having a conversation with potential, not just readers, but buyers of my book. There's a big difference between that and I've written my first novel and um i don't have any kind of social media presence i i but i put my heart and soul into this book for 10 years and you know these are my aspirations for it so how to tell people that uh you know both those books exist you know how to create discoverability around them are very different propositions in a world where you know 180 200 books are being published every year so, yeah, so I think that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to sort of be clear with people about, about you know, the, some of the practical issues to do with the publication as well. Yeah. So, you know, through that process, do you expect anything from the writer beyond them, you know, working with you to create the best possible book and then giving some creative input? Do you expect them to be heavily involved in what would be the sort of latter processes, like the marketing aspects and things like that? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, marketing is, I mean, rolling back the years for us, when we started, we were really set up to help produce books. Okay. And by that, I mean, the process had almost stop when the book existed the file existed the ebook was available a pod book was available a physical book was printed and and the reason we were quite quite uh, cautious and circumspect about that the 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 end of the journey as it were was you know that's the bit that everybody is going to be really mm-hmm. focused on that's the really hard bit you know yeah. actually getting your book into the supply chain and distributed properly in a sophisticated way globally is really hard <laughs> and yeah, yeah. you have to have people because you, you 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 have to be people like us at least who have who represent a big enough aggregation of books everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To be of interest to the people like Ingram and the other kind of big distributors and wholesalers around the world to actually be in their system. So, and that's, and, mar- and you know, marketing is for not just books, but for everything, is the sort of the most kind of unknowable, difficult thing, easy way to spend a lot of money and get no return on that investment. Um, you know, and, and, and we like people to have the happiest experience they possibly can and the best experience they have. And I think, so we do think that what is worth doing at the very beginning and with enough time prior to publication is to really find out what is what is right for this person in terms of telling the world that their book exists. So that could be somebody who's incredibly comfortable on social media, somebody who's active and embraces it and 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 you know sees them as the, sees their own role as being the proselytizer for their own book and and you know they may have other people that are helping them but they're definitely really comfortable doing that which yeah. is what all traditionally published you know tr- traditionally published authors are, are asked to do anyway <laughs> so yeah. it's no yeah. different whether you're inside or outside of a publishing house but then there are people that for, who are really uncomfortable and do not know where to begin um you know and i think working out what is the right route for them the right partnerships could be with pr agencies it could be with people who are going to teach the writer you know uh, educate them if you like in in the ways that are best for them because then when it comes to book two or three or four or five you know then they'll have skills that they will have learned with the first book the book is sort of like the proof of concept and they'll hopefully go on to be much more comfortable with it but but we would ideally suggest yes that writers come with a desire to market their own books and an open mind about how to do that um because you know if you build it they will come in my experience is not true (laughs) (laughs) because they won't come if they don't know it exists so it has to be something where you you know whether it's a and, and it doesn't have to be I need to be on the Today programme on Radio 4. It could be I have something happening for me locally in which I can engage my local, you know, media and local booksellers. And, you know, it can, you, can, you can think small, but, th- but even that, you know, is a good way to start thinking about the building blocks of making sure that people can, are interested in, you know, your, who are interested in your book can find it. Yeah, because I mean, even if it's the, even if it's the greatest novel that's ever been written, it, you know, you need to put it in front of someone so that they could tell someone else, and eventually the the word of mouth can get around, and 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 you have built it, and they will come. But you you have to start somewhere, right? Well, you have to start ideally before the book is published. I mean, that's you know, the whole yeah. world has changed now, so yeah. online sales mean that. I can look on again, going referring back to that Amazon top one hundred. That 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 list is live every you know and refreshed the whole time, and that could include books that are not out until October this year. Mm-hmm. But somebody has put something on Twitter, 
to tell somebody who has a very successful podcast, tell their listeners that they've got a book coming out. And there's been an immediate uh, attempt to, uh, you know, not attempt, an immediate kind of engagement with an audience that then wants to pre-order that book so that they will get it on day one of publication. That will send it up, you know, algorithmically send it up the chart. So, you know, the more you can do to get people pre-ordering, you know, get some excitement going in the build-up to publication, the less pressure there is on publication to actually have everything go off like a sort of massive pyrotechnical display. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, it sounds like what you guys offer, once you've sort of figured out what the client needs and you set up the team around them, the the main difference between someone wanting to self-publish with your help and go through traditional publishing is that they will be fronting the cash themselves. Yeah. So so our model is we don't we don't own intellectual property, we don't own rights. We're helping facilitate something on behalf of somebody who wants to retain their rights. So as can sometimes happen, as has happened with us quite a few times, somebody will do something themselves, they'll self-publish, they're independently published, they'll make their book available and it will sell and an agent will pick it up or a publisher will pick it up and they'll revert the rights, traditional publisher will pick those up and then they'll do you know, multi-book contracts with, with people who've started their journey with us. Um, but yeah, it's a different, the way I would say it is, it's a different financial proposition you know a publisher is making a certain number of investments commissions gambles if you like Mm -hmm. a year they'll have they'll see their portfolio as these are my repeating brands you know here's here's uh uh, there's a heated auction for for between 12 publishers for this first novel uh you know they're, they're placing their bets on certain things and a proportion of those performing sufficiently well to offset the ones that don't work. In our world, we're trying to work with people. And as as I was sort of referring to earlier, we don't say, we we absolutely don't say we're the right model for everybody. And we certainly don't say yes to everything that comes our way because, you know, this, the way we work suits certain types of publishing. Often where somebody says, I don't want to wait 18 months to two years for this to go through the traditional kind of agent selling to publisher, publisher fitting it into their schedule. They want to do things within three to six months. Um, They want to be driving the car, as it were. They want to be in charge of all the key decisions that are made from a creative point of view. And they want to work collaboratively with, you know, a high level, high quality of, of a freelancer. And I would hope us and adding value to something to to the extent that they will say yeah i'll invest in that to make sure that i get what i want and then once that book goes on sale basically the vast majority of the cost that isn't taken by a retailer or a distributor comes to them so um that's that's the 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 way of looking at it which is why i was saying earlier we try and help people scope it out in the beginning so they're clear about what that looks like in terms of I need to sell X to cover my costs, and then once I've done that, mm-hmm. I start making money back from from this uh, from this process. Okay. So it's sort of like, uh, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's like having an adva- instead of having an advance, 
and waiting to pay off your advance before you get the royalties, you put yeah. the money up front and then you immediately get the royalties, but obviously you're trying Correct. to make up the deficit of the initial investment. Correct. Got it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah. So, so, and I, as I say, I did different businesses have different models. Our model is that is, you know, money flows back as quickly as possible from uh, when we are paid by, by retailers or, or, wholesalers or whoever and that goes back to the client so that they can hopefully start to see some of that quite quite quickly and often it's going back to your question about marketing you know people come to us with their eyes wide open about what it is they want to do and who they think will buy their book and are quite commercially savvy about doing the calculations to say well look i think logically everything i know about my own network and platform suggests I'm going to be able to sell, you know, X. So they, they go into it thinking, and I'm, you know, I am going to be responsible, either writer, either business, either brand, I'm going to be able to tell people that this book exists. And I think I'm going to sell X. And that gives me comfort when I think about what I'm going to spend to do to create the thing that I want to create. And once it's there, that's the beauty of books. It's 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 that gravitas and that authority and longevity, which is can't be replicated by a fifty-page PDF that you can just delete. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's that sort of cultural resonance that you've got for decades to come. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I completely agree. That sounds great. And um, do you have any plans to? expand the sort of range of services at white fox or are you kind of happy with the package you guys have at the moment i mean we've we, we've we have expanded relatively recently so we've got the whole kind of international distribution side oh. very much been on our been on our mind and we've ended up working with authors in different languages and different territories and and that's been very exciting and we set up white fox in the us in okay. 2018 and that's really exciting because that's evolving quite quickly. My co-founder, Annabelle, um, is over there and has been for now a few years. And, we're, and, and so she's very much doubling down on the opportunities in the US, which is, which is exciting. So it's not so much services as sort of broadening the um, uh, accessibility to what we do, I think, because it, it does, I mean, definitely, you know, it was very interesting working working during the pandemic where we were all working from home working remotely as everybody mm. a lot of people were um and uh what we, what was what became obvious was that the idea that you could still start writing something or finish writing something that you could have somebody do all the things we've been talking about in this podcast remotely organized by us we could then make that book available online you could then get money back from the book sales. It, it's a lot of people started to think about, um, you know, m starting something, making something. And it's, I think it was definitely quite liberating for a lot of individuals who suddenly thought, well, the rest of my life is on hold, but I can still do this and I can do it successfully. And um, that, that's definitely been something that just, that has sort of accelerated over the last three years, I think of, of, people getting much more confident in their ability about, of, of how to sort of navigate this area of, of publishing. Yeah. Before I get into the last question, 
tapping into your sort of experience uh, having worked in publishing for a long time have you noticed any big shifts uh in the industry that you think might be a sort of a direction that it's headed in the future i think um i it's interesting i mean i get i get had a conversation with somebody last week that was saying to me do you think publishers are big publishers are getting more risk averse and I think my answer to that was I don't think they need to be anything other than that because they're very capable at spotting outliers and bringing them into their business yeah. when the concept has been proved. So in a way, that's no different from, from tech or from film or from music or from you know anything else, I think. Um, they don't need to be radical in that sense. They can... They can bring that into their business and their ex- and you know and, and expertise within their business. I mean, I think that they will get they will embrace e-commerce a bit more. As in, I think they've got so much data, they've got so much of their relationship is tied in with you know Waterstones in the UK, Barnes and Noble in the US, and Amazon everywhere. Mm-hmm. Some massive players. And over, over whom traditional publishers, you know, they have a lot of content that those platforms want, but they don't, I'm not sure they have an enormous amount of influence over them. So I think the whole idea of even though publishers don't want to be retailers, the idea that they can, you know, sell directly, I think will become, will become more appealing just for all sorts of obvious, you know, stating the obvious margin and you know, data and everything. I think that 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 will probably evolve a bit more, um, but we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I think from from our point of view, we we like this idea of existing sort of in the cracks, so that we're working with all these different people and 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 types of businesses and individuals and others, because it yeah. feels that feels very contemporaneously kind of relevant to us. You know that that people will want to move quickly people will think to them some people will think to themselves well i am doing all of the mark i am expected to do all of the marketing and publicizing of my own book maybe then the traditional model doesn't necessarily suit me um mm. because maybe the publisher needs me more than i need them in terms of you know uh, making again creating awareness for my publication so i think we'll see yeah. some of that experimenting i think that's what what people will do people will take a few risks and experiment um and we'll we'll see where that leads yeah well that's well that's exciting that's an exciting uh, look on the future of the industry and yeah it's great that you you say you kind of exist between the cracks and white fox you you guys have really managed to find yourself a good spot where you're not treading on anyone's toes but you're sort of integrated throughout all stages of the process and sort of links to a lot of different um, areas, which is really cool. I think so. We've really tried hard not to step on toes <laughs> because, because you know, we we work incredibly closely with publishers. We work incredibly closely with agents. Mm. And I think people get what we do. So we don't want to become the equivalent of those. Yeah. We want to sort of be something slightly different. And, and I, I think thus far... We've 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 managed that. We'll see, we'll see where that goes in the in the future. But, but fingers but crossed at the moment. Yeah, fingers crossed. We don't tread on too many more toes. Amazing. Well, that brings us to the final question, which, as always, is 
John, if you were stranded on a desert island with a single book, which book would you take? Oh, look, that's really, that's easy. <laughs> um, I have had for a long time uh, by the side of my bed a book written by a really rather wonderful music journalist called Ian MacDonald, who's sadly no longer mm. with us, uh, who wrote a book called Revolution in the Head, which is a book which documents every single song that the Beatles wrote. Okay. And it goes into absolute minute detail of <laughs> where they were, who was playing on it, what happened at 1 minute 19 on the 30th of April, 1968. And you can open that book at any moment and you're into, uh, you know, a song or, or a kind of, you know, a, a, a musical event or something. And it is utterly, endlessly, completely, compellingly fascinating. And I would choose that because I would never get bored. That sounds great. I'm always, uh, I often Read have it. Spotify. It's great. I, I will. I often have Spotify on my phone. And I don't know if you've seen this on Spotify. They It sometimes does uh, random trivia for the song yeah. that, that you're listening to. So I've, I've, I was listening to some Rolling Stones the other day and it had these really interesting tidbits just about the song and like what the, whoever it was, Mick Jagger was doing on that day and what inspired yeah. to write yeah. the song. So that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're no, all I fans of the Beatles. And that's definitely pushing me into the veteran box even further. <laughs> But nonsense what the we hell? all love the beatles <laughs> <laughs> amazing well thank you john thanks so much for coming on and uh telling us all about white fox and sharing your uh, knowledge and experience of the publishing industry not at all jamie it's a complete pleasure thanks for having me and for anyone interested in finding out more about White Fox, you can uh, go on the website www.wearewhitefox.com. Their Twitter is at wearewhitefox and the Instagram is at whitefox underscore publishing. To make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, follow us on Twitter at Right and Wrong UK or on Instagram at Right and Wrong Podcast. Thanks again to John and thanks to everybody listening. We'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for hanging around until the end. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, but aren't really sure what that looks like, I can't recommend Zencaster enough. It's so simple to host, record, and download your podcast with, and it even has a built-in transcription AI. It functions entirely in the internet browser, which means all your guests have to do is click on a link and they'll be brought into the conversation. If you click on the link in the description, you'll get 30% off the first three months. All you have to do is click on the link in the description. Thanks again for supporting the show, and we'll see you in the next episode. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.